The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our reading this morning is John 6, verses 22 through 35, and it can be found on page 1563 of your Pew Bible. John records, The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake, well, they realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and they went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Over the past few weeks, we have heard the accounts of the feeding of the 5,000, followed by Jesus' walk on the water as they are recorded in the Gospel of Mark. 
Today's gospel is the account of what happened next. But the account is from the gospel of John. Now, you see, all four gospels, all four of them deal with the feeding of the 5,000. But it is John who gives the most detailed account of what happened after, what happened next. John 6 is one of those chapters that has a special theme, just as John 10 identifies Jesus as the good shepherd. Do you remember Kalokathagos, the noble, the excellent, the best, the kingly shepherd? Not just a good shepherd, the best shepherd. Kalokathagos, that's what Jesus is. Well, that was chapter 10, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So also in John 6, it identifies Jesus as the bread of life, the bread of life from heaven. And John 6 starts off with the feeding of the 5,000, followed by the account of Jesus walking on the water. And then the remainder, the remainder of John 6 deals with the interaction of the crowds after Jesus and the disciples arrived back in Galilee. Do you remember last week? When Jesus at the end, um, it's not recorded in Mark, but it is recorded in John, that Jesus knew that the people intended to force him to be their king, to get more free food. People don't get it, and that hasn't changed. So since the crowds were so focused on Jesus' miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, there was a lot of talk about food, especially bread. And Jesus used this talk of the bread to tell of the bread that endures, the bread that endures to eternal life. And then he identified himself as that bread, the bread that gives eternal life. The gospels that we will hear for the next few weeks, will work their way through this chapter 6 in John, this chapter that we may call the bread chapter. And today's gospel picks up the day after the feeding of the 5,000. Some of the people who ate with those 5,000 came back the next day, and they began looking for Jesus and they were puzzled that they could not find him because they remembered that the disciples were, they're the ones that got into the boat and Jesus stayed behind. And with the exception of the boat that the disciples took, all of the other boats were still there. So they expected, they expected that Jesus, well, he would be there, at least in the vicinity, but they didn't know. They didn't know that Jesus had walked out to the boat and joined the disciples during the night. And it didn't take long for these people to realize that they had lost track of Jesus. And so when some boats came near the shore, they took the opportunity to return to the other side of the sea, and they landed at Capernaum, and lo and behold, there was Jesus. Jesus. 
Now, they had no clue how Jesus could already be on this side of the Sea of Galilee. They were full of questions. They began with this, Rabbi, hey, um, when did you come here? And it's fairly clear that Jesus' presence in Capernaum puzzled them. And Jesus never did answer their question. He just didn't. Instead, he focused on the reason that they asked the question. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And then he said, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give for you. For on him, the God, on him, God the Father, has set his seal. Now, Jesus understood the hearts of the people who asked the question. They were concerned about Jesus' location because he had fed them with free food and they wanted more. They wanted him to be around and they wanted to be around the next time that they had, that, that happened. They did not see that the feeding of the 5,000 was a sign of Jesus' identity as the Messiah. They didn't see it as a sign or a miracle that he was, in fact, God, the Son of God. Instead, they saw Jesus as some sort of a, of a good luck charm or maybe even a cosmic grantor of wishes entertaining. They were fans and kind of followers because, well, you know, that's some good fish and some good bread. We need some more. That's the extent of their devotion. He was someone who could make their life on this earth a whole lot easier. Now, there are a lot of people who treat Jesus as a good luck charm today. Few people look to Jesus for free food because food is plentiful or really not that big of a problem for most people in our culture. This does not mean that there are not many other who desire that we wish for things that God would fulfill. In other words, maybe I don't need him to put food on my table, but boy, I sure would like you to do this, Lord. Now, the problem is not that people look to God for their needs. That isn't a bad thing. Jesus himself tells us to pray. To pray, give us this, our daily bread. The problem comes, listen carefully, the problem comes when we see this as God's primary function. Jesus just said uh, last week or in our readings that, you know, whatever you ask for in my name, I shall give you. It'll be given to you. But that's not his primary function. Many people see earthly wealth and well-being as an indication that they are right with God. Many people believe that if they dot all the I's and they cross all the T's, then God will make them healthy wealthy and wise. And this means that if they are not healthy, 
wealthy and wise, that something must be missing and that they need to find out what that is. This is the reason for the popularity of preachers who preach nothing but law. They give people the false hope that somehow they can live a life that will please God with the hope that God will give them earthly blessings. If I'm really, really good, God will bless me. You can tell that the crowd around Jesus was thinking this very way. They asked, what must we do to be doing the works for God? They knew that they were poor. They knew that their life was a struggle. Therefore, they thought that there was something that they could do in order to procure God's material blessings. They were looking for a way to work themselves into God's favor so that their life on earth would be easier. And Jesus answered them this, this is the work of God. This is the work of God that you believe in him in whom he has sent Instead of talking about the works of man, did you see the difference? This is the works of God. Instead of talking about the works of man, Jesus spoke of the work of God. It is the work of God. It is the work of God to work faith in the one who was sent from God. Here, Jesus implied that he himself is the one who was sent from God. Here we learn that it is not man's work that save, but God's work that saves. And the crowd's reply to Jesus' teaching shows the true hardness of their hearts. They just didn't get it. Do you remember what they said to him? They said this, Then, what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Do you see the irony in that? The thing is this. This happened the day after he fed the 5,000. Hello? You know, our, our Father is so gentle and kind. But come on, man. You just ate bread and fish, and you're asking this? The conversation focused on bread, specifically because Jesus fed the 5,000. It also happened after Jesus had performed many other signs. He... And even his disciples, they had healed the sick. They had driven out demons. They had given sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, sound bodies to the lame, and even life to the dead. And these people said, what are you going to do? 
They were asking for a sign. The hardness of their heart becomes even more apparent when we compare their statement with today's reading of the Old Testament because it clearly shows that Moses was merely God's instrument. He was a waiter. Remember when I said that? I'm just a waiter to you. That's what pastors do. They serve. In reality, it was the God the Father who gave them the bread from heaven, and Jesus pointed this fact out with his reply, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father, my Father, gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And as Jesus replied, he began to show that he himself is the true bread from heaven, that he is the one who gives life to the world. And as we come to the last verse in today's gospel, Jesus makes this crystal clear. He said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. We know that bread provides life when it is consumed. Jesus provided life when he was consumed. When he was consumed by shame, by torture, and death, even death on a cross. And as the bread of life that was consumed by death and the grave, Jesus gives us a life that is so sure and certain that we shall live forever without hunger or thirst. That is, that we shall live in eternity. Jerry Garner knows that. All who have gone before us know that. Jesus himself certified this when he rose from the dead. When he came out of that tomb, when he came out of that tomb of death, he said, I have new life for you. And when the Holy Spirit brings us to this bread of life, he is producing faith in us. And those who come to Jesus can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit in faith. There is no way to Christ other than faith. Through faith, Christ is closer to us than even a mother to her child. He is always with us, and he will never forsake us. That's his promise. And today's gospel just touches on the radical relationship that we have with Christ, who is the bread of life from heaven. We learn that Jesus is not only greater than Moses, but he is also the bread of life that is greater than manna. Manna sustained temporal life. Jesus sustains eternal life. Now during the next few weeks, as we continue through John 6, 
this teaching of Jesus as the bread of life from heaven will get deeper and even more radical. And we will learn even more about the salvation that Jesus gives to us as the bread of life from heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen.